Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Finally, game over. Pro wrestling is back on SDPN Sports. What is up, y'all? What is up? It's your boy Avery Lewis McDougal here, getting ready to recap Fastlane, peer view highlight, maybe some hot takes tonight. So I'm joined by. Long-time contributor to SDPN Game Over, Arun Singh. Arun, how are you doing, buddy? Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, good, sir? I'm good. Happy anniversary to me, 11 years of marriage. So I'm celebrating not with my wife, but but my friend, the Golden Professor, who everyone gets to meet here for the first time. Yes, yes, yes. Got a new guest to Game Over Pro Wrestling, Ben Morse, a UNLV, UNLV lecturer, and ex-Marvel. Ben, welcome to the show. Ben, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, Avery. Good to see you, Arun. Happy anniversary, my man. Yeah, thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that you brought a token American onto the show. I'm happy to fulfill that quota so we can uh, ship this show over to the States. But uh, I'll try to do as much of the show as I can in French, Arun. We oui, it. Yeah, I just did it. I, I told, yeah, I was going to say, whatever Gambit says, I can say that. That's what I was just going to say, too. We're so insane. The, the only French we know comes from X-Men comics if you work it. at Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That is funny. And also, too, Ben, as someone who grew up in Southern Nevada, part of my childhood, yo, yeah. someone who's from UNLV, bonus points. Because UNLV awesome, got man. Bonus points. Thanks. Right Thanks, brother. That's the first time I've ever heard that. So <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually it's the usually it's the X Marvel. As Arun probably knows, it's the X Marvel stuff that'll get me through the door, especially at UNLV. I don't get a lot of oh, cool, you work at UNLV stuff. So that's fantastic. <laughs> a first for everything. Oh my goodness, that's funny. And of course, tonight, if you want to like, subscribe, please like, subscribe, and comment on the SDPN YouTube channel. We'll try to get to your questions, your comments, your complaints for any one of us. We'll try to address here. On the stream tonight. So fast lane, five matches tonight. And we may as well start off right at the very top. A match I think everybody enjoyed. Plenty of tag matches tonight. It was Cody and Jay taking on the Judgment Day, Finn and Priest. And it was a match that in the end saw Jay and Cody get the victory. But it was a match in which I thought it was a fun match. It was a hard hitting match. Got some fun in it got some fun interaction between everybody there, between Judgment Day and Cody and Jay. And just what are your guys' thoughts? What was your thoughts this match here? My thoughts brought to you by Prime. Prime hydration. It <laughs> hydrates you. Uh but no, honestly, I think if you had to take a microcosm of why I love WWE so much and put it into one match, this match is perfectly it. It had there was no with these competitors and with the way they've all been booked, there was no bad finish to me. It didn't matter who won, honestly, in terms of like who had the titles, because no matter what happened, there was some awesome potential story development. Uh, I think that we actually ended up with the, I did not think Jay and Cody were going to win. Uh, and Definitely this is something that will come up through the show that it was expectations. The way SmackDown ended yesterday, mm -hmm. I was convinced Jimmy was going to cost Jay. Cause this all feels like it's on the way. I don't want to step down too much. Feels like we're on the way to a giant Survivor Series match. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, this is, um, this is a really interesting ending. And I got to be honest, you know, um, Cody Rhodes, friend of both Ben and mine, but also I was going to say I didn't want to blow up the spot, but Arun, one of us was at Cody Rhodes's wedding. Avery, wow. you didn't tell us. I know. I try not to mention this every time because I feel cheesy about it. He That's also why I brought it up for you. 
Yeah, there's a if you ever if you Google Arun Singh and Cody Rhodes, you'll also find when he put a paper bag on my head at a. I, I was at, there. I saw it. Yeah, happen. yeah. For ben sure. was my producer at Marvel mm-hmm. for that interview segment at San Diego Comic Con, but Cody's a great guy. Finn, um, I think I've said it before. Any guy who chooses to use his WrestleMania moment to promote Glad is aces in my book. In yeah. addition to being, I think, uh, you know, an incredible talent, and I want to talk about him more. Um, I also think, you know, Jay Uso is my favorite wrestler in WWE right now. I really? do the, I do the bounce all the time. I actually do it in the mornings to warm up in the gym when I play his song. <laughs> so it, it works. Um, previous to that, my go-to was the Batista entrance. Cause it really gets you to stretch down there. Uh, I wish I was kidding. Yeah, and, no, um, it. yeah, I think Damian Priest is also just incredible. I think his mm-hmm. facials, his response to everything is is just tip top. And so um, it was, it was absolutely um, a microcosm, like I said, of everything that makes WWE so great right now. Beyond that, Arun, the fact that the bell to bell action was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was plenty of times that I bit on false finishes, felt like anybody could win, et cetera. But you know what, to kind of underline what you're saying, why I think this is so emblematic of WWE at its best is that the good guys are incredibly good guys. And the bad guys are like villains to the T. And, you know, you can you can kind of, you can go with the shades of gray storytelling. I know a lot more like, you know, when you and I were growing up in the Attitude Era, there was a lot of shades of gray. But someone like us, I mean, we come from a comic book background. So having those like really clear good guys and bad guys works for me. Um, and then having the bad guys who in their art, in their heads, they're the heroes of the story, right? Because Damien and Finn are definitely the heroes of the mm-hmm. story in their eyes, but just the fact that Cody and Jay are just this stalwart champions of justice and the crowd loves them. I still get a kick out of watching Cody come out just because of how into his entrance the crowd is. And that applies to Jay now as well. They're just super over. They have really good bad guys to play off of in the judgment day. This was, I'm so glad they opened the show with this match because it really was, it was the most high energy. Um, and wherever you had placed it on the show, and there, there's maybe one other match that could have matched it. And we'll get to that. Um, but really just like the energy was high and it was a show where it was a match where the heroes won. Uh, the bad guys went down because they're bad guys and it just felt good. It, it, it's, it's, I, I think some of what you're getting at is it's nice to be able to watch wrestling and feel good. And this was that match. I yep. think it's also really hard to make people cheer for baby faces these days yes. because there villains you. often have a really good point. And I think yeah. the thing about the judgment day I like is they don't have a point except they have each other's back. Like there's no deep Chris Jericho esque like here's the my good reason. The thing about them is that they are a family. They're yeah. they're they're take care of each other, but they do not care about the crowd. They do not care about the greater good. I agree with you hundred percent. Hey, guys, it's a great point. Yeah, and yeah, that's a good point of that. For years of wrestling in WWE for many years, there was a lot of gray area in terms of who was really a heel, who was a face. It was an old school style of, you know, you know who the faces are, you know who the heels are. That was really old school storytelling. I like the fact that you had also two now, after that match, you now have the fact that you have JD jumping down, jumping in to make, try to make the save. He cost them the match, but that was more mm-hmm. storytelling. Now, further on, it's like they lose the belts now. JD gets involved. Does this now continue? Does this now um, preview the breakup of, of the of that faction now? With that happening now, now the fact you know you get someone coming in, costing the match, and now the belts are off the off of Finn and Damien now. They've been doing a lot say- of teasing dissension, but I don't think. Sorry, Aaron, didn't mean to jump on you. 
But um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a full-on breakdown of the judgment day. I think it's more going to throw a curve into JD's involvement and what his role is. Sorry, Arun, go ahead. No, no, please. You, you and I, you and I have never found a pause we didn't want to fill. Um, <laughs> so I would say, like, I, I, I think Avery, it's a really good point. I think you're getting at what I was saying too. Like, the ending was just great story, right? Like yeah. everything. That's the thing about this ending. Like these schmazzy endings. Sometimes you roll your eyes, like. It's like a lot of the bloodline endings. I love Roman. I love the, love the bloodline. But you were almost like setting your yeah. watch for Solo's going to spike Cody at WrestleMania, right? Like right. you right. you were waiting for it regardless of how it played out. And in this case, I don't dread the Judgment Day coming out. They added the new wrinkle of Rhea embracing her effect on the men of WWE, which was really yeah. nice. Very smart. Um, uh, but I also think like we're clearly heading towards a big Survivor Series match. Yes. And so the bloodline... And Judgment Day are intertwined because, you know, I don't think you have Rhea Ripley say acknowledge me without paying that off. Yeah. The question is whether they're, are they on opposite sides of Survivor Series or are they teamed up? That's the only thing I'm wondering about because I could see either way. Absolutely. I think the Avery, the part of it, um, I think the bigger thing this was teasing um, is I think the title belts mean Cody and Jay are on SmackDown more and Mm. you put them against the returning Roman Reigns. Like, I, I'm guessing this Friday, Jay and Cody confront somehow Roman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really interesting if that's what comes to play. But, you know, look, Avery, you and I have been, uh, I mean, Ben and I have been have been running our marble mouths the whole time. Uh, this Was this a match you loved as much as we did? Oh, totally. I enjoy it. You know, I'm someone I've been really, I've, I'm on main event Jay Uso. I love what he brings as a face. I love the fact that the crowd is always hyped for him. I love the fact that the Uso general, be it Jimmy or Jay, the crowd interaction has been awesome. And the fact that, hey, give us the Indianapolis, a crowd that was in rhythm with Jay. Like, you see right. way too many crowds out of sync, can't keep to the beat. Indianapolis, well done with Jay being be with him. I love that too. Yeah, Indianapolis <laughs> is well known for their dance skills. That's a, uh, that's a key <laughs> demographic there in indiana for sure look at this the golden professor dropping his knowledge i love it. i know all about u.s geography guys i know uh, yeah. i know where, i know where the hot dance spots are too um yeah. avery and arun i'm curious arun you mentioned it briefly the the idea that Rhea is kind of you know building into more of a complex character as far as her effect on men i also love 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 the fact that Rhea is clearly and they acknowledged it on commentary she's the leader of the judgment day like there's no more question if it's finn or if it's priest but it's 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 real and i think mm-hmm. she she's she's been she's been the most compelling part of the judgment day since the jump she's the one who made don i mean they all deserve their own credit dominic made himself but his association with Rhea is what put him over i'm curious what you guys think about Rhea as the kind of lead character of the judgment day i enjoy it she's been the glues kept us together i agree point ben she in a way she really made dominic what he is as a heel I got, I got him over and she's very complex i think that's amazing to see i want to see where this goes i do want to see how it continues going mm-hmm. forward because i think i think we're going to get a major payoff in terms of this all later on but i think her as a faction leader it's really cool and refreshing because again in wrestling historically these kind of faction leaders have always been men to have her as a faction leader i think it's very refreshing and very different for the company now i feel i will say this and arun you might disagree and we can track this but i don't see cody and jay being long-term tag champs i don't know if it goes back to the judgment day i don't know if something happens with kevin and sammy or even drew mcintyre and a partner um but i don't see them holding these belts for very long 
Neither do I. I actually think there's a world where Jimmy and Solo get them somehow out of it because That's it feels thought, like I, it, it feels like that would be the uh, that would be how they redeem themselves, which sure. is go do the thing. And then we get Jimmy and Jay together without blowing off what feels like will be a WrestleMania. Absolutely. A WrestleMania match. match. That's really good thinking. You're 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 as smart as you are. Beautiful. Thank you. I got an A plus from the professor. I want to I do want to talk about a couple of things here out of my notes. Um, yeah. One, which is. Uh, the pop that Jey Uso gets is ridiculous. It really is. Um, yep. I also want to say what's ridiculous is that he left his clothes in the dryer too long because his pants and his shirt all felt too small for the guy. And like, been, I think he's been hitting the gym. Sure, but like you know, Ben, this may be hypocritical, hypocritical coming from me. Those clothes are too small. Yeah, <laughs> and they were, and it's just like he's in great shape, but like it drives me nuts. There's something about his look right now that just isn't working, and it feels like. I, didn't I don't like know what tights. it is. I didn't like his tights. Yeah. That's the first time he's worn kind of traditional wrestling tights like that. And it doesn't work for me. I think he sticks to the, the, the cargo shorts and the jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It fits like he's still, he's in great shape. But I think anything, but I think the way his build is, this is the most body guy thing I'll ever I'll do in the whole uh, show. But like, actually I had the same problem with LA Knight. We'll talk about it later, but like his, his gear just doesn't work. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, how this match represents the worst thing that WWE is doing right now. And since neither of you guessed, I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah, it is you, the you... constant cutting away from Cody when he does the woe. Oh, they never show him doing it with the with the right. stuff in the background. You lose the effect. They mm. almost got it for a second today because I cut and cut back when he did the second one on the ropes. Let, like it's the coolest looking thing. It would be like if Batista went down for the gun machine gun thing, the Gatling gun the thing, crowd. whatever. Yeah, yeah, they show the crowd. You're like, I don't want to see the crowd doing it. We hear them singing every word of his song. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous. It's like peak Jericho Judas right now, and it is. Um, he you can even see when Cody walked out. I think for a second he was like, wait, they're they're actually singing all the words. (laughs) Like, um, so I'll I'll be honest. Like, it is. Uh, that that was the thing. The one thing in the match that drove me nuts, besides Jay's clothing, was like, stop cutting away from Cody doing the woe. It's one of the coolest looking things and people are doing it. So just keep showing us. Everyone feels like they can be part of it. I think it's a, that's really my only criticism. Uh, This was honestly, to me, a perfect match. I think storytelling, in-ring action, character work, and all the setup. I am never going to stop being amused by Paul Heyman walking up at the loudest part after match yelling, call Roman Reigns. Like like this to his phone every time it Fun. makes me laugh so much and it just it works perfectly. It's very funny. I do want to mention that um, Paul Heyman, fully gray now, no more fully hair gray. dye, looking like a 1850s U.S. president. Very that's funny. yes, and that was absolutely <laughs> that that's him taking a bullet for the team for storytelling because they mentioned it so much on commentary. The fact that he looks terrible, the fact that the man is willing to go ahead and look, you know, white haired and Looking like Martin Van Buren, absolutely. Um, yeah, props to uh, to Paul Heyman for going there. Hey, SDPN is the only place you're going to get not only analysis of the matches and of the action itself, but the clothes that Jey Uso is wearing, the hair dye that Paul Heyman's using. We're going to cover it all. It's a complete package. No, exactly. Yeah, right, Ben. Only here on SDPN. Nowhere else going to do that kind of commentary. <laughs> you know, if we were in the 90s, you remember? Uh, do you remember uh, recently in XT when they had The Way? They yeah. gave like The Way powder 
to Austin Theory, yeah, there would be just for Hey Men the beard dye. They one hundred percent would have sold good, in the nineties, and yeah. like it would have wrecked your hair completely. But people yeah. would have used it, and it would have really just been old bottles of Ico Pro that they're. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really. It would have been really bad for you. I, before we get off this segment, because it's truly where I'm going to be most loquacious, I I want to make a statement then ask your response to this. Uh-oh. I think Finn Balor remains the most underrated talent in WWE right now. I don't disagree with you. Um, and I think a large part of why Finn Balor is so underrated is, and this is going to be going back a couple of years, but I think it's when Finn was supposed to become the guy when he, got, when he won the first Universal Championship, he immediately got hurt. And I think that's, mm-hmm. he's never been able to not no fault of his own, but he's just never been able to factor in quite the same way. I think honestly, the work Finn Balor has been doing over the last few months, the Rollins feud right into the tagging with priest is some of the best stuff we've ever seen from Finn. And it should earn him a permanent place in the main event. Um, but I do agree. He's underrated. Who's your most underrated superstar, uh, Avery? Is it Finn Balor? Or is it someone else? Ooh, someone else. I'll I will agree. I'll I'll say it's Finn because you're right there, Ben. Like I'm, I was really surprised that he didn't get the title back. I was surprised it wasn't a road back for the title back. It was there wasn't ever a storyline of you know I never lost my title and that redemption. It was he came back and he got stuck in the mid card for a bit and then he's back now. But I agree he he's had some great matches. He's had some great, great mania matches. So I'll agree with that. And he and there's very few matches where I watch him and go. Hmm. I wasn't very good. He's always giving me a match where I want to see more of what he can do in the ring. Right. Never disappoints. No, exactly, guys. And we'll get off the main match. We'll head off to the LWO versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. And this is a match, of course. The big thing was, who's going to be the third person? It started off three on two. LWO having a bit of trouble. They're trying to hold their own. Um, fighting in a and will the handicap match start things off? I thought it was okay. We saw we saw Montez get his offense off to Montez, his as an athlete. Oh my gosh, watching Montez Ford is the man can jump out of the building. I it's amazing to see what he can do. You saw him Lashley and Dawkins get their offense in on the LWO, and then we saw to the triumphant cheers of the crowd, Carlito returns, evens things up. And LWO get the victory with an old school pop and old school name coming back once again. Fellas, what were your thoughts? I'll start with you on the LWO beating the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. I'm going to jump in with a couple talking points real quick. Um, I didn't hate, there's no match tonight that I'm going to come away from saying, oh, I hated the match. And on a five match card, that's important that everything is going to deliver. And it was nice that. Not, I, I know, Rune, you wanted to talk later about kind of like the larger formatics of everything. Um, when you have five matches, they're all going to get time to breathe. They're all going to be a little lengthy. My issue with this match, I thought Carlito looked great. Um, the crowd obviously knew who he was, which is half the battle. Uh, Ray looked great. And I'll actually say that uh, to, to counter something you were saying, Arun, I think that Santos Escobar might be one of the most underrated guys in WWE right now. Um, and I really am nervous that he's going to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, I saw that in this match. I don't want him. I know that the, I know conventional wisdom says he's going to turn on Ray at some point and have a nice heel run, but he's just such a smooth performer. He, he just, he's a good wrestler. Um, and he gets the little things and he does the character stuff. His match with Ray for the U S title on SmackDown a couple weeks ago was 
tremendous, but also the way he sold the loss and how devastated he was by it. Great stuff. My biggest problem right now is I love Bobby Lashley. I love the Street Profits. I like the idea of them being together as this dominant heel group, but I feel like they're getting handicapped right off the bat, both in the sense that they lost this match when really they needed the momentum much more than the LWO. But more than anything, something that always bugs me in wrestling is when lifelong baby faces like the Street Profits turn heel, um, which I think they're heels. I'm not 1000% on that, but if they are heels and I think they need to be heels, you can't have the exact same entrance music, the exact same uh, ring attire, the exact same everything. They haven't really moved over to the side at all. And I want, I want to see these guys excel. I think Montez Ford is a crazy athletic talent, like you mentioned. And I think Angelo Dawkins isn't that far behind him. I think their teaming with Bobby Lashley could be something really special. I honestly think WWE is dropping the ball on these guys a little bit right now. They're not, they're, they're, they're beating them too quickly, but more than anything else, they're not letting them fully embrace being bad guys, which is something I think we talked about with the first match. Yeah. You actually, it's funny. It's like, you're stealing my notes. My, my very first note in this, um, other than the fact that I like that there was a mystery was that it was weird that there's no shared introduction and it's really weird to me. There's no name for the group. So my charitable branding, reading of this branding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My charitable reading. Cause they have the whole, like, it's not personal as profits, which is a great line. Great line. Um, and it does feel like if you're not going to call it the profits business or the hurt profits, like it's got to like, they were all just called the profits together. Like, I don't know something. It could be interesting, but uh, I will say, not having a shared intro is weird, but my charitable reading of it is maybe that that's the story they're telling because they made such a big deal about how the how both Dawkins and Ford were cocky going into the match, starting the match, and Bobby Lashley had to be like the adult in the room about it. So like, I I think there's a world where you could read this as they're trying to go heel too hard, you know, like they're they're almost like over correcting, like yeah, we got this. Like there's that quote from Dawkins in the package where he's like, "Easy money, baby," and you're like. I could almost hear Lashley slapping him across the face and be like, just calm down. You got to win. This is a match. A good example is a a contrast to the first one where I don't know how, how, and I'm not a wrestling booker, how you come out with both teams winning this because someone has to lose the match, especially when you know, you've built in, like if it was, if it was Joaquin and wild, you you knew where this was going. Um, but bringing back Carlito, you can't have Carlito come back and lose. So LWO has to win. But then the Profits and Lashley, it, it hurts to say it like like that because they should have a name. They're not a thing yet, even though the gear is finally matching. Like they're just not a thing. And it, I, my hope is that this is just like a transition for them. Like this is part of their lesson. And this will be, you'll realize this was a benefit to their story. Because if they'd won, you couldn't teach the lesson the same way. So like I'm hoping this gets there. It's it's an unusually bumpy ride for something that felt like such a home run from the beginning. The minute you put them together, you're like, yeah, of course. But I don't know, Avery. How, how you know you threw a dust? We'll throw it back to you. Like, how did you feel? This? I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm surprised. I thought I was gonna be the most critical of this match, but it sounds like we're all kind of in the same place on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll start with the whole packaging. You know, it for me a good point. How if you're gonna have this team go heel? You would want some more changes because, I mean, the Prophets, you know what, end of the day, they're charismatic, they're funny. You can't really kill that too much. The fact that they're charismatic and different, it really still feels like it's a profit just in suits, just in million dollar suits. Like, that's what it really feels to an extent with this heel run. 
But I want to see how this goes now because the lesson could be here now. It could be we could see next week the lesson of you know oh your guys lost. Give me back your suit. Give me back your suit. Give me back your chains. You're not ready for this yet. It could be last year breaking them down even more since when they lost last week. Bobby Lurie mad at them losing beforehand and threatened them with taking it all away. Now you could see it happen now and last year say you're not worthy to to wear this now or represent me. So I want to see where that's gonna go if there's an anger. Uh, towards Lashley because they lost now, but it's, it'll be interesting to see, and it's a good point too, or how you can have Carlito lose, who by the way, looks great. He looks amazing. Yeah. He still looks phenomenal um, when it comes it's to... It's not that he looks phenomenal, talent. he looks better now than he did 10, 15 years <laughs> Look, ago. Speaking of, I, speaking <laughs> of Ico, bro. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of Ico, bro. Carlito did not look like that in 2005, believe me. Um, and they made, they made a point, like the physique, like he looks better than yeah. before, and I feel like cause he, that was... I was thinking, I, I, I'm going to interject and ask, what do we feel about the music? I didn't, it didn't bother me as nearly as much as it seems to be bothering everyone online. I was not so dead set on him needing to have his classic music. It was fine. It was catchy. Um, maybe I'll hate it in two weeks. Um, but I thought it was okay. What, what, what did you think, Arun? Did you, were you yeah. upset at not getting I didn't the... hate. I didn't, well, the thing is, I actually think the problem with the I spit in the face of people who right. don't want to be cool, I wish they kept that and then got into the new music. I agree. Kind of like what they did with, with Gunther, where you have the Imperium bit, and then it goes into yeah. the Gunther song. Because the other song was too slow for a big face save. Sure. Like, it feels like it's it should be soundtrack to the ring. It's such a heel Yeah, 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 it is. And so I think that was... Um, uh, and also, for anybody watching here, if you have... Never watched old Carlito. He had a great feud with Randy Orton, which had a four and four match where Randy RKO'd, I think, Trish Stratus behind the ref's yes. back. Yeah, that was that was great. Carlito, there was... you know what doesn't get talked about enough? The fact yeah. that Carlito in storyline was dating Trish Stratus. She retired, and then he immediately rebounded with Tori Wilson. You remember yeah, that? Car- yes, it, was, and it was Carlito. Did Carlito also get the talking to from Ric Flair back in the day? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, before we get too much into Carlito, guys, before I don't, I just I don't want us to jump off the street profit games entirely. Before I just note responding to both of you guys that mm-hmm. I actually ac- I absolutely agree with you that I think where the storyline goes next is Bobby Lashley kind of dressing them down and them having to come back and build themselves back up to kind of kind of like. I got to, I got to break you down so I can build you back up stronger. I think that's the next logical step. What worries me is, is the damage already done. If you have these guys losing their first like three matches as a team under Bobby Lashley, do I really believe that Lashley giving them new gear and a couple talking to is enough to turn them around? You know, that that's, here's, that's my concern. I got two words to allay all those concerns. Judgment day. Yeah. Remember? Remember how off course they were? They were DOA. Yeah. And you're not talking about Disciples of Apocalypse, are you? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Get out of here. Uh, But it's, uh, they were, they were, uh, and then it just suddenly it started working. Right. And all it took was for Rhea to crush Dom between her thighs and everything turned around. (laughs) That's what I'm just like, I I, I agree with you. I just don't, you know, I don't want to roll the dice so many times. Like you don't, Dominant heel factions that start off with losing streaks sometimes cannot be turned around. Sometimes they can, and sometimes lightning strikes. But you know, it's it's there are times where I just I just worry that they're they're killing this experiment out the gate. Okay, so I want to pay, play a game here with you guys. Then we'll make All it quick. Right. Pick one, if they're gonna re, let's say they rejuvenate this by adding one more member. Who's the member you would add? I'll tell you who I add. 
Bobby Lashley says, I've got a real competitor, somebody to show you how to be a champion. And they're they're actually willing to listen to me. And in walks Bianca Belair. That's Same my page. pick. Same page, man. Yeah. I, you you said it before I could. I think adding Bianca would be I, I think a lot of people are gonna talk about, oh, they need to add Jade Cargill. I think that yeah. I've seen that narrative online. Um, I agree with you, Arun. I think Bianca is the natural addition. Uh, she's obviously she's connected in real life with the Street Profits, and they have great chemistry. Um, but I do think, yeah, she's she's that fully realized successful athlete who could turn this around. I'm, I'm with Avery? you. Yeah, Bianca is a great choice. You mentioned I mentioned you mentioned there Jade. I, I think Jade she is her own thing. Jade is bigger yeah. than the problems. Like she's she'll, her, oh, she'll her, overshadow her own thing. exactly the way she came in tonight, the way she came in in the car with Triple H, like. No, she's she's her own thing. Don't put her in a faction in a group. She is she's her own thing. Like, don't put her in there. Bianca is a much better fit, I believe, guys. Yeah. I also want to say before we move on to the next one, and I'll just note we skipped over the great Pizza Hut commercial. <laughs> uh, bad news, Barrett. Hut made commercial? It. Into, I didn't yeah, notice. We can get into bad that. Bad news, Bar- <laughs> bad news, Barrett making his return. I want to say I, I, we talked about this last time, Avery. The WWE that we grew up with that had DX frame the Heart Foundation for Racism Against the Nation is now the one probably doing the best, most prestigious big-time reintroduction I can imagine with a black femme wrestler. Mm, How the times have changed. Mm -hmm. How freaking cool is that that we don't even think about it anymore? Thank you, Bianca, thank you, Sasha, thank you, all the women I'm thinking about who paved the way for this. We don't it's just like, no, it's Jade. It's like I'm sure people who are you know, who Venn diagram with this and, and Avery, you may feel a different way than I do, of course, about it. but like, oh. I just see Jade and I'm like, this is so freaking cool, but yeah. I ne- like they've normalized BIPOC wrestlers at the top of the card, holding the belts. And we're just used to it now. And I love that. You know what else is wild with Jade? And I saw, and it's kind of repeated with, Co- with Cody um, as well. And this is, I'm not moving towards the, the topic you were just on Arun, but just Jade as a star is that, there was never a time where Jade was in AEW that I didn't feel like she was a huge star. And I kind of imagined that was like, well, WWE is going to be great, it's, but it's going to be a lateral move. She looked 10 times the star she was in AEW tonight on the pay-per-view. I don't know how they did it. She didn't say a word, just the way she walked. I mean, she carries herself incredibly, like right off the bat. But I was just, I was shocked. And, and, and again, going back to the Cody thing, when Cody came out at WrestleMania, I was like, I mean, he's still Cody, but there's a, there's an added level, I think, of desire on the part of former AEW wrestlers to really show up in WWE and show that they belong in the big time. And not to get too off track, because I want to continue the discussion you were having about Jade and about BIPOC wrestlers, but I do want to say it's kind of cool to be back in a place that we haven't been in for well over 20 years where someone could come to WWE and it's not just, well, they had a big name in ROH or they're big on the Indies, but like this is someone who had national television exposure and now we're going to see what they can do in WWE. That's a cool feeling that we haven't experienced for a little while. He's almost like a modern Chris Jericho. I expect her introduction to feel like the YTJ thing, like against Very someone so. at the rock level. Good comparison. Yeah, great, great comparison. And yeah, I'm seeing and seeing our BIPOC wrestlers being elevated to that status of you need to tune in to watch what they do because they're important. They're the big deals. I love seeing that now in 2023 and seeing Jay, you saw the attention of her on different, on the ring wrestling show on ESPN. Like Jay's going to be used 
she's going to be the next crossover uh, name that will appear on mainstream programming, like, say, Good Morning America or other programs that WWE has connections to. Like, that is going to be where her trajectory is as she remains in this company long-term, hopefully. I also I, think that's, that's a really good point, Avery. And, and I think beyond that, it's also a time of, I don't know if we credit this to Triple H or not. I know the tendency online is anything good, that was Triple H, anything bad, that was Vince. Um, and that very well may be true. But whoever is kind of being the big enough person to say that even though Cody, Jade, whoever came from AEW, we're not going to bury them to try mm-hmm. to make WWE seem bigger, um, which for years and years and years, you know, with, with some exceptions, was the narrative. If you came over from NWA, if you came over from WCW, we're going to humble you a little bit. I mean, there's no better example than, than Dusty coming in 89 and they kind of, you know, tried to make him look the fool. And then he ended up turning around and saying, well, I'm still going to be the biggest baby face in the company. Um, but anyways, it's a whole nother discussion. My point is, There were years and years. I mean, look at Sting coming in at WrestleMania and losing to Triple H. Um, I think we're seeing an era now where if you make your name somewhere else, they're going to appreciate that and make you an even bigger star. Agreed. Yeah, no, totally. I could not agree more with that point, Ben. We'll move on from those first two matches to our next match. Io versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair for the Women's Championship. This is a match where I thought it was, I thought, I don't know, it was, it was okay. I thought it was okay. I did like that. I would not get Oscar missed immediately. I, I, I like that Oscar. Bell rings miss. I love that immediately. Yep. Cold yeah, for the win. Cool. I thought that was that was freaking funny. I I you know I enjoyed the match more when it was just Io and Oscar. I enjoyed that much yes. more than when Charlotte came in. I thought when Charlotte came in, the match slowed down a bit too much for my liking. I I. Never, never, never the biggest Charlotte fan though, but I really would really love, love to see more EO and um and and Oscar in the match one on one together. And then of course, match goes on, damage control gets involved. Even though EO said, you know, I don't want you guys involved. Stay backstage. Bailey gets involved in the match, creates a distraction which referee doesn't see. Um, um, Oscar tapping up to Charlotte. EO ends up getting the victory, and EO retains championship under interesting circumstances so to me it was an okay match in that aspect uh what were you guys thoughts on this match will you go first room yeah um i'm gonna say to talk out of both sides of my mouth i think there's moments where i read into like somebody's shirt looking for the crowd to cheer and i realize she is so underappreciated for how she for what she's done in the company yeah and at the same time i kind of feel like she is the next wwe superstar who needs to go to aew they mm-hmm. need like I actually think Charlotte, for everybody's sake, WWE, the WWE universe does not appreciate what she does. And I, I, my big note I wrote here is, will Charlotte ever be cheered again? Mm-hmm. And this isn't like the Cena booze. I think there is a genuine, um, just not an understanding of what her talent is. But I also think like her going to AEW would be great for women's wrestling there. And if it's great for women's wrestling there, it's good for women's wrestling as a whole. And I think that's like, I think she would fit there and there's a ready-made story with her coming in and they could play up the whole like, Oh yeah. Lol. Charlotte wins kind of thing. Um, Like I would book Charlotte to go in there and win the title day one, just because it would drive everyone nuts. Uh, And I look at so many people coming up like Tiffany Stratton, Roxanne Perez. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know where Charlotte fits in it anymore. um, Other than getting her the title wins. Uh, This match to me never worked when there were three people in the ring. It only worked when there were two. 
Yeah. Um, I think US guy is one of the best wrestlers in the world, gender agnostic. And it, it was, um, uh, this match for me, I was, I've made a vow to myself to never use the women's matches as like a restroom break. Cause like, not that it's wrong, but I just feel like I've been programmed to do that. And I really want to respect what is being done and I do respect it, but I need to sit through mediocre women's matches the way I do through mediocre men's matches. And um, I guess like this of all the matches on the card, this one also, this one also like the opening match epitomized a lot of what WWE is right now, which is the women's division hasn't fully clicked yet in moments. It works, but those moments are generally NXT related. I find the main roster ones, it's not working. The irony being some of the best women's booking ever was black and gold era. Uh, nxt booked by triple h so i don't have much else to say on this so i I will cede the floor to the two of you i have a few thoughts um i have thoughts on each of the women the first thing i want to say is arun i did not have charlotte to aew uh anywhere in my notes and i think that's one of the best ideas i've heard in a long time the only thing i thought about charlotte as we're doing this match is how many times is she gonna have to do a great move and then go come on, or let's go and have the crowd boo her just because I I agree with you. Charlotte is one of the best, most athletic performers. You talked about gender agnostic in regards to EO Sky. I'll say gender agnostic to Charlotte Flair. She's just one of the best of her era. She's an incredible performer. Um, my fix was simply that I think she has never worked as a baby face. And the more they try to program her as a baby face, the more the crowd turns against it. So my easy solution was like, well, she should just be a heel. Your solution of, well, she should go somewhere else so they can fully appreciate what they have, I think is a much more elegant solution. I applaud you for that. Um, what I thought of the other two women in the match is the incredible thing about Oscar, and I don't think we give Oscar enough credit for this, is no matter how much is done to her, no matter how many times they, like since since she initially came to the main roster with the undefeated streak and she lost and they put her in a tag team and they turned her heel and they turned her baby face, no matter what they do to Asuka, she never feels like less of a threat and she never feels like less of a big deal. They can put Asuka in a title match with no backstory whatsoever. She is just one of those special performers who makes you believe that she could take the title. And then Io Sky. Another theme that I noticed throughout the night, and as we get into the last three matches on the card I want to talk about, is the fact that I do think the future of WWE is secure because you have some young stars and some new stars. I mean, we can go back to even Jay as a single star or Cody as an AEW transplant. We just talked about Jade, but look at EO and look at a lot of guys we're going to talk about in the next match. There are some really incredible young talents in WWE who... The most impressive thing to me is that they absolutely feel like they belong. They don't look out of place. Um, and I will give WWE credit for the fact that I do think they're building new stars. And I think EO Sky is one of those. And then the last thing I'll say to th- before I throw it back to you, Avery, yeah. because I believe in um, the point you made is that I need to see EO Sky against Asuka one-on-one. I know they just mm-hmm. had a great match on SmackDown. I need to see it given the pay-per-view or premium live event um, spotlight at some point. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, I, I'm thinking a million years ahead um, because I think that if I'm guessing right now, I think we're headed towards Bianca Charlotte at WrestleMania. And I think we're probably headed towards Becky Rhea at WrestleMania. Um, there's room for a few more women's matches on the card. 
I would, I, I think the natural assumption is we're going to see EO against Bailey, but I wouldn't complain if we had to see EO against Asuka and give it a little more time to breathe. No, of course. You know, just wa- you know, watching those two, they complement they complement each other so well in the ring. Like if if this if this match was just those two going at it, it would have been a five star banner match, I believe. Uh, you know, shout out to the rating system when I do a bunch of junk, but <laughs> I think those two out of would have been just great. I don't think it should have been a triple threat match. I just felt it, it got too convoluted having a third person in that match. It didn't really click for me. And good point to me. Yeah, you look at NXT and where Charlotte is. NXT has so many great young talents in the women's division who are going to be main roster, main roster wrestlers for a very long time to come. And personally, I love NXT. People who say NXT is boring, I don't get. I think that's one of the best shows in wrestling, period. I, I've tapped in every Tuesday night for NXT. I think it's amazing what they've done over the past year or so. But yeah, I think those two should have been a singles match. I think we're going to get those two again some way, somehow. And that's what the point on Arun made on Charlie going to uh, AEW. My thing is that with the way that they've booked the women's division over there, I don't know how they're going to present here because the way they've done women's wrestling over there has been, oh, for the most part, it's, for me, bad. Like, no, like... I watched Avery, I think go ahead, Arun, yeah. I think I think as I said, just jumping in, I said I think that's the thing though. <laughs> you Charlotte's too big for you to control how you present her. Like right. she's gonna tell you how she's presented. And then when you put her, what you're gonna have is someone who is at the top of their game with other great talents there, the Britt Bakers of the world, the Karashitas, and it will give you fresh matchups, fresh opportunities. They have two women's titles there, she can win the TBS. Which one's the women's TBS, TBS title TBS, like the yeah. first night? And no one's gonna no one, if it's not the AEW Women's Championship, no one's going to, I think, bat an eye. Um, and I, I think that will, I think it will force everybody to raise their, to raise it. Because I do think that, I think what you see that they did with Tony Storm recently, they've really been working on that character work, giving more to those people. So it's not just yeah. about titles. So I think they're, they're moving to a better direction. It remains a weak spot for them. I also want to say, Ben, I think you're, I think conventional wisdom says your WrestleMania predictions are right. But I think in a mm-hmm. world where Tiffany Stratton is having the matches she has, Yep. Where where um, Kyrie Sane is apparently on her way back, where Jade is coming up, um, you might be right in those matches. We just have a bunch of women's matches, but right yeah, now, say the potential for the women's division, all these matches, like the minute you put Kyrie, Jade, and Tiffany in that group of people, I want them off. to face yeah. yeah anybody. Like Charlotte and Tiffany Stratton could go for a non-title thing just for like it. I hate to say battle of the blondes it sounds reductive, but like. You could have role model versus um, versus like teacher versus student, basically with yeah. Charlotte and and Tiffany Satin. And I'd be like, "That's give me that match. I want to see it." Like I did think I think you know we joke she's at the Tiffy top. Whatever her saying is, she's so good it's ridiculous. It's just I also so. I will also say that the thought of having Jade and Charlotte on the same roster and not running them against each other at a WrestleMania feels insane to me now that I put it in front of my face. That's actually, you're right. That actually feels yeah. like the match. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you can't not do that. Maybe yeah. you need another year to build it up, but I don't know. I might just go there. Yeah. There's there, there's there's a lot of, I it's, it's funny. For the fact that we just basically said that the women's division is not maybe in the best shape it's ever been in WWE right now, there's a lot of intriguing matchups. There's a lot more intriguing matchups on the women's side as you head towards a big event like a WrestleMania for me than than probably on the men's side, honestly. Yeah, no, there's a lot of a lot of interesting matches, especially with those coming up from NXT. Oh, I'm gonna be tapped be tapped in 
the championship of the night coming up soon, hopefully. And going from that match now to another another tag match we had, Jimmy yeah. and Solo, Jimmy and Solo taking on the GOAT, John Cena, and one Mr. Ladarius Allen Knight, LA Knight. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> In a tag match that was originally, originally we know the backstory is originally going to be Cena taking on the bloodline by himself after AJ Styles got taken out. LA Knight jumps in for the save. He's now Cena's partner. And I mentioned this in our in our group chat, how funny it is with wrestling logic, how you can just take a contract, write your name on it, and now you're in that match, which legally is probably yeah. illegal. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it was interesting to say. I, I got to say, I do feel a little bad for AJ Styles, um, whose role in this whole thing was to get beat up and then disappear. Um, and, you know, Arun and I know AJ from way back. We've, uh, we've eaten at a Waffle House with him before. So we have a lot of, uh, a lot of love in our heart for AJ. Um, but I want to talk about, I don't want to, I don't even, we could talk about LA night. No, but Ben, we got to stop. I got to stop you for a sec. Uh We have to remind everybody, we formed a faction with Nigel McGinnis, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels back at the Marvel offices. What we we were called, we don't know, but we have a photo. We're still dining out on it. There's a great photo. Um, Here's what I'm going to say. We can talk about LA Knight in a sec. We can talk about John Cena being the greatest. We can talk about Jimmy Uso's role. The guy I want to talk about in this match is Solo Sokoa because Solo Sokoa has been on the main roster now for about a year. He looks like he's been there for 10 years. He looks so comfortable. He is the most natural, pure monster heel that I've seen. I think he is as a physical worker on the level of his brothers almost, which is insane when you consider how good his brothers are. But just the little nuances to his character, his menace, his the way he's held his own within the bloodline. And the bloodline is the biggest names in wrestling um, beyond not even just Roman, like from the Usos, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Sami Zayn, when he was involved, was incredibly over. Paul Heyman even is a legend. Solo Sokoa looks like he belongs right there shoulder to shoulder with all of these guys. We could talk about the match and we could talk about the other performers, but I just wanted to say that because I've been wanting to say that for a long time. I've been impressed with Solo Sokoa and how just seamlessly he's found his way into the mainstream and into the main event. So I just wanted to start off with that and then kick it to you, Arun. Yeah, I want to say, you know, you can sap into a Slim Jim or you can pop into Pop Chips, Pop Chips. They're like chips, but poppier. So uh, I just, um, I want to say, first of all, uh, you know, the uh, Jay Uso song is is okay. awesome. Yeah. The Jimmy Uso song could be awesome if it didn't sound like it was made with Winamp and a Casio keyboard from 1999. <laughs> yeah. um, because it just kills me every time it starts. I'm just like, no, I know this. This was how... This was an old crappy ringtone I had in my phone for Danger Zone that I used to wake up to. I'm pretty sure um, I grabbed. I'm pretty sure I grabbed Jimmy Uso's theme song off Napster in 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if if they had Titantrons and the opening of his Titantron looked like Winamp or Napster, half yeah. the people would mm-hmm. not get it, but we would pop for it. Yeah, um, Avery, I think you're a bit younger than us, but I appreciate you you working with us, old men. We'll, ex- we'll so, explain this all to you after the after yeah. The call, Avery. Back when we had to put CDs into a computer to access the internet mm-hmm. and you used yeah. your phone line. Um, I'm not that so... young. I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know it. I studied it in school. It's part of uh, yeah. So someone, someone, I just, I just heard someone talk about like we. I, they're like, I love uh, old music, and I'm like, and they were talking about 
uh, I want it that way in shape with my heart from the Backstreet Boys. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, will go, time has passed. I will go and drop off my daughter at school and I see all the other parents wearing like Nirvana t-shirts. And I'm like, oh my God, all the parents are young and cool like me. And then yeah. I think for a second, I'm like, no, wait. No, look, the, you're you're either willing to spend a ton of money on NSYNC concert tickets next year or you're Absolutely. sane. Oh, we're a young back. person. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Ben. Oh, yeah. If they're in Vegas, yeah. no, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna come see you, Megan. Good. Okay. Good, good, anyway, good. sorry, we're gonna make social plans here. Yep. So, yep. Uh, I want to just say the LA night pop. Uh, it's just undeniable. Yeah. Um, I will say what's also undeniable is he needs new gear. So, uh, that jacket looks too small, and those tights tell me, are it. There's no character in his gear, and I'm, and he might tell me, well, these are these are all there's a meaning to it that's fine i don't know what the words la night mean but if he's the megastar i want him looking not like rick flair or the miz but he sh- i want him looking like a megastar and it's like it's this is a clothes thing the dude is jacked to the gills he has slightly distended abs it's not a criticism but because he's not like cut like finn balor those tights they it all just drives me nuts um that is really uh those are the only things i have to say about the intro to the match I don't know much to say about the match because this is exactly this is the kind of match you need. It was going to go exactly the way you knew it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Great, great participants. I don't want to take anything away from anyone, but it was a fait accompli. I think this intersects with um, things. It ends up intersecting with uh, the new tag champs somehow on Friday. I also think for me, this match was a victim of expectations. When you have the when you have the uh, bloodline and the Judgment Day form an alliance the night before, I expect to see it carried over, and I think. The lack of this in the show really bothered me. Um, my main thing was, I if if you told me they were trying to turn Cena heel by 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 continually calling him the greatest of all time, I'd believe it. Right. Because I don't even know if I disagree with it. It's just annoying to hear. <laughs> you know what's wild though is how how long Cena played the babyface in peril in this match though. Yeah. Like Cena was for 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 an older dude who's being positioned as a legend. Like you never saw. When Hulk Hogan came back to team with Shawn Michaels, you didn't see Hulk Hogan, you know, selling for three quarters of the match, you know, and that might be a weird comparison, but it's all I got. Um, it was just weird to see John Cena in that role as it's, it's interesting that they are positioning him as the greatest of all time. They are positioning him as this incredible legend, but he looks very vulnerable. And I think this speaks more to Cena and what a, what a, a, a giving performer he is because look at that. He put, he put over Austin theory clean at WrestleMania uh, he's been making guys look good since he came back. And in this match, he he made LA Knight look like the big hero of the match. How much longer do we get Cena? I don't know, because um, the writer's strike is over. So the question is, how long is the actor's strike going to be over? And then when is Cena going to be headed back to Hollywood? But I am interested to see him uh, in this role. What do you think, Avery? No, I agree. I, I, was, I was surprised to see Cena being yeah beaten down for what it's felt like forever from both Jimmy and so, and again, it goes to show how he's a great point, Ben. So he's come back. He's put so many guys over. He's made them look strong. He's made them look like a million bucks. I I thought that was really cool to see. But that's the thing that Hogan would never do. That's our different for a different day. I have my thoughts on 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 Hogan. On Hogan. But <laughs> but no, it's, it, it was really cool to see. And then you get LA Knight coming in finally. I thought he looked great. Aside from the, the too small gear, I thought he looked great in this match with what he was able to do. I thought it was a, an above-average match, though, but I'm I'm going to miss Cena when he's gone because when John Cena is here in WWE, it's must-watch TV. You stop what you're doing, 
to go see a SmackDown or go see a PLE when Cena is involved in a role. So it's a good point, Ben. I wonder, I wonder what the plans are, or if there are any more plans, considering that we might get, we might wake up tomorrow and hear that the actor strike is over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And um, yeah, the only thing disappointing about John right now, and I'm the worst, this is this is going to sound like a rune criticizing Jey Uso for having uh, clothes that are too tight. But it's really just the receding hairline that's bothering me when it comes to uh, to John Cena, which is the most hypocritical thing I could possibly think of to say. Um, and probably represents that we may have said all we need to about this uh, match. Do you have any final thoughts, Arun? Or should we move on yeah, to the main event? I can tell you this bizarre thing I started doing at my age. Um, I'm only 42. 42 on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, hey. But, uh, you know, uh, send your gifts to SDPN and uh, they'll yeah. get it to me. Um, but... Uh, I actually keep thinking about what the package is going to look like, the in memoriam package for Cena will look like, and like how many. I know there's been a lot of debate about did he bury the Nexus, whatever else, but like right. I just think about his charity work. I think yeah. about how many people he did make, mm-hmm. how many people he's worked to put over, how many people like you talk about AJ Styles guys he was happy to make look like stars at least from the outside looking. He seemed happy Kevin to do Owens. it. Kevin Owens, yeah, Kev- like Kevin everybody Owens. in like. I think. If you think, if we listen to greatest of all time, okay, this is my distinction. If greatest and best mean different things like sports entertainer and wrestler, yeah, I think he probably is the greatest of all time without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Is he the best of all time? I know that's Natalia, but like it is, uh, you know, that that the answer is probably Daniel Bryan. The answer is probably Sean. My answer is always the Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. Bryan I don't think you get better. Shawn Michaels, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, it is, but greatest, like greatest, almost like the theatrical sports entertainer way. Yeah, I, I think he is the greatest of all time. And I think his Hollywood career as it grows, I love his Peacemaker stuff. I think he's just, what he cemented himself as in pop culture is uh, greater and less toxic than Hogan. And mm. I think um, is even more impressive given the time it was done in. So like, I, I think the greatest of all time almost is indistinct indisputable if you if you subscribe to my interpretation of greatest but what i do subscribe to is actually moving on from this match in the main event for avery's sake given how late it is over there fair 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 now good point Arun. good point we'll wrap things up here with the heavyweight title match shinsuke seth rollins last man standing match one of my favorite match types in all of wwe because you never know where the match can go in my wait NBA. what really yeah i love yeah. Last standing you're match. a last yeah. man you're the I love you're it. the first you're the one you're the, he's the one yeah you're the yeah. first yeah. human being i've ever met who said that really no you don't like about that match really? no it's, it's not about whether i like him or not yeah. you just like you gave it the grace and wallet rub like verbally yeah. right now and I've never heard anybody give those matches I that kind of enthusiastic. I've never heard anyone say my favorite type of gimmick match yes. is the last man standing. No. I love this. The, I, the, the only... They're usually tolerated at best. The idea of being somebody so bad that they have that they can't get up to the count of 10, I think is amazing. It's always the most hardest hitting match with weapons involved. Most of the time, it leaves the ring. I, I really love those kind of matches. I'm, I'm a kid who grew up on the... Triple H, Shawn Michaels, last night standing match, which was just brutal as hell. So, like, yeah. I enjoy the idea of keeping somebody down for a count of 10 and referee can't do anything. I think that's a really cool thing to see with how it goes. And we saw right off the bat from Shin and Seth, weapons, violence, and of course, the storyline. Seth's back is falling off the boat like some ribs. Like, how long can he go? And he's done. He's going to give it up. And I loved shin continuously 
targeting Seth back, playing it up, trying to keep him down. I love that diabolical heel stance. I'm going to target your body part to the point which I'm going to incapacitate you, not just for this match, but for your life. I will say this. This storyline and this feud, and I and Avery, to your point, I really like this match. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to because like most normal humans, I'm not a huge fan of last man standing matches. Um, just the idea that you have to keep someone down for 10 seconds and there's just these breaks in the action usually don't do it for me. I thought this one was played beautifully. Uh, I thought Shinsuke is, I, I was skeptical of the Shinsuke heel turn. I was like, he's doing great as a face. Let's just let him grow on raw. But ah, he's just so good as the sadistic, diabolical mm -hmm. heel. But really the story for me here has been um, how much this, I've always been a Seth Rollins fan. I have not been a huge fan of this iteration of the character uh, just because it was so out there and weird to me. The layers of vulnerability that this Nakamura feud have added to Seth, making him, he's still, you know, he's still peacocking. He's still wearing ridiculous outfits. He's still laughing, but he has these vulnerabilities now his back, his family, um, the fact that he could lose it. It, it. It's the same as watching Shawn Michaels in 2002. And every time anyone put a backbreaker on him thinking, oh man, that could be it. He could be done. The fact that Seth has that now adds so much to it for me now. And I think honestly, coming into this, the fact that Shin is such a good heel and the fact that Seth is finally clicking for me again as a baby face, because this version of Seth, the family man whose back is in a million pieces who just wants to be the workhorse and hold on to the title that's working more for me what did you think of rune Ooh. Um, <laughs> that's to put you on the spot i get okay i think these are both excellent wrestlers and i want to be clear i think seth is an all-timer mm -hmm. uh, i am a client of his fitness company dead boys fitness i have quite literally trained with Seth Rollins at least one morning. Um, what a flex. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, you pay to get in. It's not like, it's not like it was my buddy for it. Um, but it's uh, it's a day with the Dead Boys. Truly, Dead Boys Fitness is incredible. I actually, I credit it with turning my health around over the last um, seven years, or at least not, you know, uh, not being in a worse place. And so, um, uh, and his business partner, Josh Gallegos, is a legend in the CrossFit business. Great dude. So, I think I, as far as I know, Seth, everyone says he's a wonderful human being. I think he's an incredible wrestler. Um, I think he is excellent in everything he does. And every time he is on my television, I want to turn it off. And this match was no exception. And it is not out of malice. It is not about being good or bad. I, I, I can't get into it. And I can't, I, I just, this was meant to be the workhorse title and it feels like it's in a death grip of never going to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there is bias. Cause I really thought Finn Balor should have won it and it should have hot potatoed back to, to Seth. And it could have been a story about how Finn can't really ever keep, can't really get it done. Um, I, uh, I, whenever I see Seth, I think about him eating those chicken wings, throwing them on the ground and it feels incredibly wasteful to me. And it drove me nuts in the Buffalo show. Sorry, <laughs> Asian parents, how I was raised. It drives me nuts. We'd see food fights and fights on TV. You're like, what is with Americans and their indulgence? Saved by the bell, screw you. Um, but it was, uh, guys, I'll be honest. Um, I hate the song. I hate it. I hate the singing to the song. Um, I think Shinsuke looks like a killer, positioned like a killer. And it really, really bothers me. Um, 
that no one is taking the title from Seth. It is a problem, I actually think, in WWE right now. We have so many titles. The U.S. title needs to come off Rey Mysterio unless he's got a real feud for it coming up soon. Gunther is great. Obviously, it's going to be Gable at some point. So, like, I'm good with that because we're telling a great story, but that needs to come off Gunther at some point. I don't want everything hot potatoing. Like, it doesn't need to be like that North American title stuff, which is great, but does, everything doesn't be that way. But it is, this title feels in death grip. And it, and if the other titles aren't flexible enough to move out of it, um, this is a good example of what I want from something is not what it's meant to give me and that doesn't make it bad. But like, I, I, I just, I want Seth Rollins to be happy, healthy, do everything. But I almost want... I want him to come out tomorrow and go heal by being like, you know, Shinsuke was right. I was faking the back injury the whole time. That That's all I, all I want. And he's like, ha, 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 you guys are idiots. I'm in then. But like, I, I, I can't find my way into it. The story, the wrestling's fine. But like Avery, look, truly only in SDPN will someone ever say this is their favorite kind of match. Love you for the honesty there, man. That is incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just like... Man, every, it, this was a perfect confluence of it's not what I want. And so, like, I don't have much to say. It's just not what I want. Like, it's good as it is. I, look, I don't like Zack Sabre Jr. I am bored watching Zack Sabre Jr. I am bored watching Kenny Omega. I am bored watching Will Ospreay. Um, I am I am bored watching Jay White. I am I am about to get booted off the show by people watching this right now. For my, <laughs> it's not with them being good or bad. It's not my thing. Um, there is a comic book writer, Kyle Starks, and we were talking about wrestling. He's like, who are your favorites? I'm like, I love Finn Balor. Who's your favorite of all time? Bret Hart. He goes, oh, you like boring wrestlers. And like, maybe that's why I like Dean Malenko so much. Maybe that's why I like the guys I like. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I can't emotionally find my way into any of these characters. And it all just feels like good wrestling but i want sports entertainment and i can't right. find my way into it right oh it's fair you know i'm i enjoy this match i enjoy the match type because just seeing if just seeing shan try to do everything to keep that down and he wouldn't stay down that's the reason why i like this match type so much is where there's one wrestler who gets beaten down for everything um from chairs tables ladders a fan sitting in 302s beat you used to beat them the person down like I love the fact that there's the wrestler so frustrated that the other guy can't they can't keep him down. Even Michael Cole. Michael Cole is on commentary screaming at Seth, please stay down. I will I will I will jump in on that because I I, I almost forgot I wanted to make this point, Avery. I yeah, love man. Michael Cole. I'm a big fan. I when they call him the greatest of all time, I don't know that I agree with that, but it's not far off. He he is the true workhorse. If Michael Cole one more time telegraphed the fact that Seth Rollins was getting up by saying Seth Rollins is not going to get up. I was going to jump through my television. It was <laughs> incredibly aggravating. And to Arun's point, um, I was I, I wasn't going to come in super negative on Seth just because Arun, honestly, I was with you as of a yeah. few weeks ago um, during the Finn feud. I was like, just get the title off this guy. He's driving me nuts. Um, he's won me over solely with the Nakamura feud. That being said. Did I want to see Nakamura win the title tonight? Absolutely. Were there two or three times where I'm like, that would have been the perfect spot to give him the title? Yes. Um, the miss off the ladder through the table should have been it. I want to see what, I, I, I agree with you, Arun, that even though Seth has gained some mileage with me, I want to see what other people are going to do with this title. And I, 
like the idea of Gunther holding his title, Roman holding his title. I, I Ray can go or leave it, whatever. But I do want to see someone else get a shot with this supposed workhorse title, see what they can do with it. And if Seth can find his way back to it, great. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not totally removed from your opinion on what you're talking about here. I think the other part of it, and they worked to address it, was, um, you know, I think this is expectations reality. Like to me, because this was not a story I was interested in, it didn't feel like a main event to me. Like mm. I was kind of surprised. I was shocked Knight, it was the main event. I was shocked. Yeah, LA Knight felt like it was going to be the main event to me. Right. I think this is respectful. Give the title and give Shinsuke another pay-per-view main event. I'm all for it. I'll be honest, I thought the Judgment Day stuff with them not going for the title was a swerve because they're like, Ooh. look, we knew you were watching. And so I was waiting till the end for like for them to come out because I don't see how Priest being injured is actually the issue. They all just beat the crap out of Seth, who's already injured, do their moves on him, and then Priest pins him. Mm-hmm. Like that, it feels like it still should have worked just fine. And it was... um I'm glad they addressed that and they didn't just like not address it with a segment, but it felt weird to me because it just felt like the thing, it felt like they were telling us they wouldn't be there. So of course they would like, you know, when WWE tries to manage your expectations, you don't believe them because you you assume you're being worked all the time. Right. But I'm glad to hear like, look, I, I'm sure lots of people loved it. And frankly, that's what counts. I, I you know, I think we're at the end of the pay-per-view. And so yeah. I will, um, I'll just say like, I don't think there was anything actively bad, even if we thought the women's match was clunky, right? Like, you know, actively bad did not exist. I think my problem is, and I'll say the hot take I said at the beginning, it's like I almost didn't, for me, need anything after the opening match because that was everything I wanted, right? So the positioning is kind of the issue. But I think the profits match left me confused. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's a thing. And then the LA night match is what it was. And you need to have those on, on shows. The women's match was unpredictable, but you know, sure. Um, and then the main event for me kind of felt like it's okay. So Seth gets a, a new challenger and then like, okay. But if not Finn, if not Shinsuke, I know last time Avery, I predicted this in main event, Jey Uso WWE, uh, or, you know, WWE heavyweight champion so that he can like stare down Roman and they both have titles at some point. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem like the thing that's going to happen now. It doesn't seem like it's going to be Cody. So who, but like who, and I'm, I'm not saying there aren't people, but just like who is going to feel credible in that position if like you have two guys who everyone loves, who are deserving champions, who don't happen. Like it's not like Karrion Cross is showing up, probably wrong brand. And you're taking that challenge seriously. And so like, that's, it kind of, it, it, I I can't damn something based on what I don't know is going to happen, you know, but at the same time, I can't help but watch it and say, okay, I'm not. Okay. I just felt like, okay, deflated at the end of it. But I think I, I will make it my boldest take. I'll throw it back to you guys. I actually think WWE needed a PLE like this. They needed to like for a show called Fastlane, they did need to slow it down. <laughs> and reset expectations of what these are going to be because i think it is hard month after month to pull off what they've been doing because it requires shocking changes and swerves and like or a match like a you know a gunther gable level like just classic happening and that can't always be what is going to happen sometimes people got to learn as they go along or, or be imperfect and so 
um you gotta, you know, have, a middle, it, it, you gotta have a middle to the story yeah yeah and i think that i think that's what this can be and this is the middle and then you know next month we're going to be at crown jewel which i have a whole bunch of mixed feelings about that show Absolutely. but it mm-hmm. it is um but like that is where maybe something big will have to happen at the show and they have to save it for crown jewel because that's the deal yeah, yeah. uh I, I to to go in summary before we let you have the final word avery um did I enjoy watching this? Yeah, I had a good time. Uh, I liked every match. They all entertained me. But the ultimate litmus test, and I'm a professor, so I have to give tests. Um, would I rewatch this show at any time in the next couple of years unless I had to? Probably not. It's not going. And I think that's the, the the problem. Not a problem, but that's what a room's describing is that, you know, for every for every WrestleMania, there needs to be a fast lane. Um, there needs to be these kind of middle of the road to really wear out the travel metaphor. Um, there needs to be these middle of the road shows. And I think it was fine. I think it was enjoyable. I think it's, I, I, I like your point of room that I think this was, this was a step along the journey. It wasn't the start of anything exciting. It wasn't the big conclusion of anything. Everything felt like it was just a middle chapter to the book. So um, what's next? Something, something exciting to be next. Crown Jewel, they'll, they'll probably do something big because they always do for the Saudi shows. Um, maybe we get Roman against Cena again, one more time. I'm wondering heading towards survivor series. I'm hoping they do war games again. They've got a lot of interesting storylines and faction stuff that they wanted to do judgment day versus bloodline. If they wanted to do judgment day with bloodline against a super baby face team, there's a lot to go from there. So I do think the next couple of months are going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, this was, this was a show and, um, Credit to all the performers on it. Credit to everyone who put it together. Um, it was it was a show. No, it it certainly was, boys. And credit to Pizza Hut for using live ads mid mid segment. Did they mention Pizza table. Hut? I didn't notice that. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, we we only we on the SCPN we only believe in Panago Pizza, and that was maybe yeah. a few years ago we did. So you know, yeah. I just want to be clear, uh, yeah. Panago. Uh, if you don't want to support Steve Dangle, I get it. Come here to Avery; he'll take care of you. There yeah. you go. Also, I, I will say this. I don't know if this happened to you guys, um, but while I was watching on my Peacock ads, uh, I got a Domino's ad, which just blew my mind. Oh, in the wow. Of this Pizza Hut laden show. So the Pizza Wars are alive and well, gentlemen. The Pizza Wars are alive and well. Yes, they are. I want to find out who's going to be, who'll be, who'll be the Rick Rude to jump on a, on, a, on a Pizza ad and a Domino's ad in the same night. Who'll be the, the Rick Rude of that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, I thought this was a, um, it was a good card. It was a good card. That was a good point, Ben. Would I watch this card again in a couple of years? Eh, probably not. But I thought it was, it was an okay card. It was an average card. It wasn't bad. It was just there. If I had to grade it, I would give it maybe a C, C plus. It was just, it was okay. It wasn't good matches. Wasn't overly, like, wasn't like, extra, but it wasn't ba- a bad card in my mind. So, all right, well. We'll wrap things up here on Game Over Pro Wrestling. Before I let you guys go, let you guys plug your social medias. Arun, where can the folks find you on social media, good sir? Uh, at Ben J. Morse on Twitter and at uh, Real Ben, no, uh, at Arun, A-R-U-N-E on Twitter, because that's the only name I'm going to call it. Uh, so I don't take the colonizer names. And then on <laughs> uh, Instagram, you can find me at Arun Singh. And on TikTok, you can find me at Arun Singh A E H at the end because there's not a lot of good variations of Arun Singh I could find there. Uh, so uh, yeah, if uh, uh, anybody ever wants to hit me up, you know, if, if I'll say this: if you're someone looking in the comics industry, you want to talk for a few minutes, 
flying it's not about your pitch if you want to talk about getting on like the marketing Man. sales side of it always happy to have a chat with i had someone. a pitch i had a pitch for you <laughs> i uh no i i actually i said this before and i got to know our, our good friend nxt superstar scripts this way because we have chatted about his his mutual love of comics okay. so yeah. um yeah. so that's uh you know it, it, there's i'm always happy to chat with people uh and always happy to chat wrestling so just uh just hit me up um and i want to say thank you avery for the opportunity no of course absolutely thank you and, avery um and Ben for yourself, yeah, you're plug, 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 I guess, what a rune dinner, you're plugged before on your behalf if you want. <laughs> you, can find, you can find me on Twitter at Ben J. Morse, Morse like Morse code uh, on Instagram. If you like comics, follow me at Ben Likes Comics. Um, if you don't like comics, probably not going to want to check that one out, but it's me posting art and talking about comics a couple times a day. Uh, I do have a personal Instagram, but you got to join Ben Likes Comics. Then if I like you enough, I'll give you my personal Instagram. Um, and I forget what I am on TikTok. It's been so long since I've used it. So just follow Rune on there. You'll be good. Oh my gosh. Anyways, getting been a been a fun chat talking some pro wrestling. It was a little funny. It was a blast. Gotta do it again sometime on Game Over Pro Wrestling. And for those of you who are watching tonight, thank you all for tapping in to the SBTN YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe to all of our channels. We have everything on this channel from pro wrestling, F1, basketball hockey, football, whatever you got, we got it cooking for you here on SBPN. I'm Avery Lewis McDougall, and I am out. We'll talk to you guys later on. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction.